Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's good to see you all out this morning. If you would, let's uh, bow in prayer and we'll get started with our worship this morning. God, it is so good to be here this morning. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you for uh, your sunshine. Dear Lord, the rain and the night. Thank you uh, for cleansing us the way that you do each and every day. And this morning as we gather here, as we sing praise to you, as we gather around your table, dear Lord, I pray that our words, our thoughts... And everything that we do here is pleasing to you. Dear Lord, thank you so much for loving us the way that you do. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to Sings my soul, my Savior. 
Oh, 
reading is Matthew chapter 3, 1 through 6. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness in Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan. 
Let's pray. Father God, thank you for all of the wonderful blessings you've given us. Thank you for the time that you've given us to meet here today, to sing your praises and to worship you. Thank you for the beautiful weather that you've given us. And Father, we, we pray that you would help us to have childlike joy, that you would help us to see the blessings and praises that you give us and respond to them with the joy and awe that they deserve. Father, we pray that you would accept our worship this morning, that our worship and songs of praise would be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The splendor of a king, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide. It trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God. Oh, see how great, how great is our God. Wash me in your cleansing flow now. 
Tell of the days that are 
I have some tools. I have a lot of some favorite tools. One, this one hammer. It's got a big old broad head on it. Looks like a meat cleaver. Can drive a 16-penny nail with great ease. But sometimes when you're swinging that hammer, you'll miss. And you will connect with your thumb a little bit. And boy, does that hurt. Then you just keep going because you got more work you got to do. You got to get it done. And sooner or later, you bring that hammer down on full, full stride again on that same thumb. Oh, you just sit there and you shake your thumb. I don't know why because that don't help. And you look down and your thumb's turning a nice purple and blood's coming out the end. And that's when I say, okay, it's time to put this hammer down. Another time, we're removing this old shed and had my son help me pick up his great big pile of lumber and I stepped right on a 16-penny nail and my brain's yelling, stop! That's too late. It went through, the, through my shoe, through the side of my foot and I'm sitting there going, I ain't taking this shoe off to look at that so I just keep hobbling and get it done. But what I'm saying is I know physical pain. Everyone in here, from the very young to those of us that are well-seasoned, know physical pain. Our Savior knew physical pain. He knew a lot more physical pain than just what I described. He set this communion up so that we would not forget the physical pain. But it means more. It means grace, mercy, and love. That's what the communion is, and that's why we take it, so we do not forget. Because if we forget, then it just goes away. So if you will, join me in prayer. Father God, we're grateful for your son, that he came to this world. He paid the price for all our wrongdoings. He suffered greatly and opened the door for us to be in heaven with you. We pray, Lord, that we partake of this emblem, the bread, that represents his son's body in a manner pleasing unto thee. In Jesus' holy name, amen.
Let's continue our thanks. Father God, we thank you for this emblem, the fruit of the vine, which represents your son's chosen blood, his blood, his blood that washed us clean, Father. Father, we pray that as we partake of this emblem, we'll do it in a manner pleasing unto thee. In Jesus' holy name, amen.
Jesus completely saves. He will lift you by his love out of the angry waves. He's the master of the sea. Phyllis will obey. He your Savior wants to be, be saved today. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, children to children's Bible time before Jamie's lesson this morning. I will call upon the Lord. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. You know the Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, let the God of my salvation Exalted, you know the Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, let God of my salvation be exalted. Jesus Christ, he died for me, and he took away my sin. I will live with him for eternity. You know the Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, let God my salvation be exalted. You know the Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, let God my salvation be exalted. You know the Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, let God my salvation be exalted. You know the Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, let God my salvation be exalted. I will call upon the Morning, sunshine. It is good to see you all this morning. I hope your day's going well. I hope you've had a great week. I've had a great week. Let's pray together and we'll keep this moving today, okay? God, thanks so much for this great day you've given us and all the blessings you shower on us every day, God. Thank you for um, your truth and song. Thank you for hearts of family, friends, and loved ones we get to be together here with. Thank you for kids that uh, remind us and encourage us. Lord, thank you for your presence with us because, God, I know it's a big deal to be together, but if we're together without you, then this really doesn't matter at all anyway. And so, Lord, I pray that you would take your word today, and I pray that you would set it deep in our hearts. And I pray that you would take uh, your truth today, uh, your passion, your fire, your call, your hope, and I pray that you would put it in us in a way, Father, that starts to to move in us and permeate in us and, and grow a faith in us and a trust in us, a confidence in us, a boldness in us, God, that, that you would make this time not the same old, same old, not the boring old, boring old, not those kinds of things, God, but you would bring a, a newness to us, 
and a hope to us, a fire to us, a reminder that this thing is not just muddling through life, God, but you, you intended for us to have a bold, wonderful life in you, in this very existence that we're in, not some other place, some other day, but you meant it for right now. Moving all of us, God, chase all of us here today and help us to allow our hearts to be moved by you. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. We're continuing through this uh, relentless faith for turbulent times, the story of John the Baptist, but I need to remind you that John the Baptist is a nobody if he is not talking about Jesus. That's the one thing we've got to be really, really uh, careful about is determining that John the Baptist is anybody, that Elijah's anybody, that David's anybody, that Moses is anybody, if it isn't for God, if it's not for Jesus, if it's not for that story. And so when we meet together today, we're not here just kind of goofing off. We're not here just kind of muddling through whatever your life's been this week, whatever it was last week, whatever it was a month ago or two months ago, this is a new day. And this is a day that you can say, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not muddling through, eking through anymore because you're just nobody. You're not nobody to God, but there's nothing in any of us if God isn't doing something with us. So while we wrestle and while we chase what we think is life, God is going, you do not know what life is. I'm trying to tell you what life is. And so when you hear songs sung about faith, you hear songs, songs sung about confidence, about I will call upon the Lord, those guys those song, who those songs were inspired by were actually doing that. And their life was powerful and moved because of it. It wasn't because they could play the stock market well or they could hit a baseball or soccer ball or that they were great at fashion or trending on social media. Those things are all cool, fine, whatever. But that wasn't what made their lives awesome. What made their lives awesome what makes John pop is that he is proclaiming the, the truth about Jesus. He's making mountains flat and valleys full. He's preparing the way for Jesus. His life was completely tied up in Jesus. And if he dies today, he don't care. He's like Paul. If I die today, I don't care. My life has all the value it needs. If I never shoot another basketball, if I never shoot another deer, if I never drive 80 miles an hour and love the thrill of it or whatever the case would be, if I never do this again, if I never do any of that, I never see my family again, my friends again, if I never see anybody again, if this is spent in Jesus, this is life. And the next leaves this just in shadows. So I need to tell you today, be inspired, not because I'm a preaching a word, but be inspired because you get to be here. You have the opportunity to meet at the Sunshine Church of Christ today. I don't even know what today is. Yeah, August 13th, 2023. Did you ever think you'd be alive today? I mean, August 13th, 2023. I know some of you are like, I never dreamed we'd get to 2000, <laughs> let alone 2023. But here you are. And you have opportunity to do something major, amazing with all of this because of who God is. And so, so John busts on the scene. And the word about John, right, the word hits us. And, and the, the, John, the gospel writer, says, In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Apart from him, nothing was made that has been made. That's the God you serve. Through him, all things were made. Apart from him, nothing, no thing, not your hair, not your fingernails, not your jewelry, not your sports, whatever it is. 
Through him all things were made. Apart from him nothing was made that has been made. He is powerful and he's mighty in all those ways, right? He made it all. In him was life and that light was light, was, life was light to all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has never understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. John the Baptist. JB, maybe we'll refer to him as that from here on out for a while. It's personal now, you know. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He took it personally. This is personal. I've seen him. I know him. You need to see him. You need to know him. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to all mankind was coming into the world. That is a powerful truth. That's what John the Baptist is doing. He's preparing the way for the Lord. It's been a long time since a word had been heard from God, and John came busting on the scene and shared it. And here's, here's the name of the sermon for today. I wrestle with this one because I want to call him John the Baptist because he's just a bad dude, man. He stood alone. He didn't need church to stand out for Jesus. He didn't need church service to say, I just, I just don't know, man. Am I believing well? Am I struggling along? Could you help me in my faith? He knew who Jesus was, and he knew who he was. Didn't he, I don't mean for this to sound like kind of a cheap shot or anything else. I'm just saying that he knew who he was. He didn't need this. He went to the wilderness. He was a bad dude in the faith. But I wrestled with John, wrestled with John the Baptist, John, John the Baptist, John the Boldest. We kind of settled with John the Boldest. He's a bold man. Bold's an interesting word, being bold, being that person, that, that what? He's, he's bold. We'll talk about that in just a moment. In, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness in Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is John. Wasn't wondering who's behind him, who's got my, what are we doing, or my people with me? Let's have a good service. No, he came to the wilderness. He was preaching. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out from, to him from all Jerusalem and Judea, the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan. John is out making that cry, making that call, making that appeal because he's bold. He has this boldness about him. Maybe we could have put up a, a, a slide that said what boldness isn't, right? Um, what it's not. Because sometimes that helps us a little bit, right? Um, the, the boldness is the trait of being willing to undertake things that involve risk or danger, a confidence, a fearlessness, freedom of, of speech, or freedom to speak. He knew who he was, right? John knew who he was, and this boldness to live out in, in spite of what was around him, despite the things that were going on around him, what it could cost him, what it could look like. You say a lot of things about people being bold in life. The choices they make, well, that was a bold choice. Well, that was a bold move. Well, that was bold. That was, I think too often we tend to think of bold as just a confrontational, negative, you need to get yourself straight. And that is not bold. That's just kind of mean, you know? It's not, it's not bold. 
Bold is willing just to step out and do the right thing. Do the thing. It only had to be right to be bold, but being right and being bold is a super right thing. So here's the boldness of John. Let's talk a minute about the boldness of John. Then we're going to talk about what it cost him. And then we're going to talk about the call on our lives. We're going to try to step on the gas here a little bit so that we can all have lunch today sometime. The boldness of John. By the way, Price, I enjoyed the communion service. I got a little twitchy when he started talking about hammers and hitting things with them. I do not like that, but um, I felt you. The boldness of John. He came on the story claiming repent for the kingdom is at hand. He came into a world that was living their own way in Israel, a, 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 a family of the Jewish nation, who were doing their own things their own way. They had gotten so far from God. You, I don't think you can imagine this. In the Old Testament, Israel had gotten so far from God time and time again. They were setting up idols in the, in the temple. They were, they were setting up Asherah poles and places for sacrifice on mountains and places like that. Israel, God's people who he had led out, were constantly going into idol worship always doing those things. So John comes on the hand, on the store in the story and he says, "Repent, change your way. Change your direction. Stop doing what you're doing. Stop going the way you're going cuz it's not a healthy good way for you. Not a struggle, not a mistake, a way of life. There's a difference. You battle, you struggle, you trip, you fall. That's not a way of life. When you're going down a path that is very bad, it's time for repentance. A, a path that's away from God, time for repentance. And John comes on the scene of people who are so wayward from God, and he says, repent, change your direction, for the kingdom of God is busting into this world, and you don't want to miss this. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, God's reign in the world was absolutely in the face of everything that Rome was doing and that the Jews were doing. The, the Jewish king, the Roman king, all those people, this was a threat to them. And so John coming on the scene saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven in his hand, that is no small thing. That is bold. But he's not being nasty about it. He's warning. He's telling them, hey, listen, there's something awesome coming and you want to be a part of it. He called to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They came out to him because they hear the message. They're a little bit interested, and he calls them a brood of vipers. You know, he's just kind of looking around the crowd, and he sees all these multitudes coming. Pharisee, Sadducee, Pharisee, Sadducee, Pharisee, Sadducee. Oh, you brood of vipers. Who told you? Who warned you to escape? He didn't say, get out of here. He's just like, you've been living like this, man. How did you know? Why are you here? And then he says, don't claim Abraham as your descendant because your heritage doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you grew up in the church, if your dad was an elder, your grandpa was a deacon. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. What matters is do you know Jesus? And that's what he's getting at here. You can't use heritage, you brood of vipers. Who warned you from this? You can't use your heritage. So John, man, he's bold. He tried to deter, deter even Jesus about baptizing him. Jesus shows up, wants to be baptized by John, wants John to say, I need to be baptized by you. And Jesus is like, mm, let's do this to, to fulfill all righteousness. Okay. You see Jesus saying he's going down. That's pretty bold, John. You know, I mean, that's a pretty bold thing to do. Peter tried it once, right? Get behind me, Satan. And then he told the tax collectors, listen to this, in just everyday life, the things that, that just show up every day, how, what do you do at work? How are you doing at work? How are you living your life? Told the tax collectors, do not collect more than, the, than is required of you. Stop fleecing the people. He told the soldiers not to intimidate anyone or accuse anyone falsely and to be content with their wages. Stop whining around about the money you're making. 
Be thankful. You have a paycheck and a job. He told the crowd, people asking, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none, and anyone who has food should do the same. How would you think John the Baptist would go over here today? Let's go through your closet for just a moment, shall we? Can I look at your belt? Show me your shoes. Can I look at your shirts and all your pants and all your dresses? And all? I mean, John the Baptist wouldn't be real, <laughs> he wouldn't be real popular right now. I don't know what to do with it. Oh, I'll show you what to do with it. <laughs> Let's just go down and meet some folks who have much less than you. John is a bold man, but he's not ugly, but he's just telling a story. People ask. You ask, I'll tell you what to do. You're looking, I'll tell you what to do. You're, you're, you're hunting, searching for something, I'll say it. Hey, you need a change. You're going the wrong way. You got to go this way. That way's not going to get you anywhere. When life is over, that way's going to get you exactly what you change. You go this way, and you have life forever. John the Baptist, he criticized King Herod. This is big. For all the wrongs he was doing. I mean, he would just, John had no problem with saying, I mean, I mean, now listen, there's a dis- difference between gossip. He's, he's dealing with Herod. He's not like back going, oh, you know, President so-and-so, this world is just a wreck and he did it all. And just saturating the world with negative and garbage and stuff. Like, you, know, you know, negativism is contagious. You watch it, you can see it just permeating our world today. And everybody else, yeah, but you stop. You be the one that starts promoting positive, encouraging. John just, or John the Baptist, he just went to the king. He's like, hey, you should, this stuff is wrong. How you treat people is wrong. How you do these things is wrong. Your policies are wrong. Oh, by the way, you shouldn't be married to your brother's wife. That is dead wrong. You should not have your brother's wife. She's married to somebody else. That is wrong. And any problem, calling that out. And he knows what's going to happen because of it. This big trouble brewing, it's dinner's coming, and it's going to be John's head later. I mean, it's a platter. I mean, sorry, that's not very. He called everyone to repent, to change and live for God. Everyone. It wasn't just one guy. It wasn't just someone who was doing wrong. He's constantly just saying, come on, listen, the kingdom is coming. This is a big deal. You're not doing the things that, you're, that, that, that are going to get you there, right? You're, you're not living the way this... You could go back to practice. You could go back to study. You could go back to anything. How are you going to succeed in whatever you're trying to do? You practice. You study. You work on it. You work at it. And that's what John the Baptist is saying. He's like, listen, the road you're going is wrong practice. The road you're going is wrong study. You're not staying here forever. And you don't know when this could all change. And so let's do something about it today. Repent. Change where you're going. Let's go another way. Let's go God's way. It's a big deal. But there's a risk for John's boldness. Again, I need to say this. John is very bold, but don't, dis- don't mistake his boldness for hating on people because John was not a hater. He's preparing the way for Jesus who will come and heal and love and serve and die for the world. John's not a hater. John is not your great uncle, the hellfire and brimstone preacher. That is not John. John is a great lover who put his life at great risk to infuse the world with a hope of Jesus coming. Don't tell your great uncle I called him a hellfire and brimstone preacher. A couple of verses with lots of reading, so just stay with me a minute, okay? In Matthew chapter 14, here's what happens to John for his boldness. 
Now Herod had arrested John and bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. For John had been saying to him, it is not lawful for you to have her. Herod wanted to kill John. He was afraid of the people because they considered John a prophet. Context is important, so we read that. We need to know what's going on here. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for the guests and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. You read that right. It's about as perverted as you want to be at church. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for the guests and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. Promoted by her, or prompted by her mother, she said, give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. It's not good for John. The king was distressed because of his oaths and his dinner guests, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he ordered that her request be granted and had John beheaded in prison. His head was brought in on a platter and given to the girl who carried it to her mother. John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus. What's, wow. This boldness doesn't end well for you, John. What are you doing? What are you doing? This doesn't end well for you. Why do you keep going this route? John had seen something awesome in Jesus. John knew a great truth about Jesus. He was sold into him. Jesus was going to give his life for John, and the call was that John would give his back. That's not lost on us, right? Because to live your life, you got to give it away. You, you can't have Jesus' life and your life both. So Jesus' gift for your salvation is also your giving yourself back to, for him to be lived out in you. That's just a natural Christianity, what, 099? We know this to be true. I am mine no more. I've been bought with blood. I don't do, live, go. The way. Now, it doesn't mean I'm perfect, but it does mean my life is on a sacrificial altar for him, and it's his now. It's not mine. There was, there was a great price for John to pay. Paul says this in Acts. He's telling, talking to them, them about, about praying and wrestling, and, and then he says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind. Be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. And then this is the one. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, the words might be given me so that I will be fearless, so that I will be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. In a lot of interpretations and, and what you read here, that word fearlessly is boldly. Interpret, interprets, the interpretation, it kind of pulls out or draws out to the same thing. I mean, boldly make known the mystery of, of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in change. Pray, for, pray that I may declare it fearlessly or boldly, boldly as I should. You, little tricky word for me there. Fearlessly, boldly. And you know those who are bold. You know those who do those things that you wonder about. You're like, wow, how do they do that? How do they trust like that? How do they go? They're just bold. When we were working on our Honduras fundraisers a couple of months ago, um, Kendall and Ashley Smith um, put up a, had a bake sale at Gamps. They had a little booth. 
they made some, some treats, Therese made some treats, Chris made some treats, some other people made some treats, and they would just sit there and sell stuff, and people would come up and say, what's this for? It's for Honduras. What are you doing? Building houses, working with homeless. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. When are you going? Back and forth and back and forth. I was there one day setting up, and we needed new tables. It was actually the first day. We needed new tables or more tables, so I'm running from there to here, but as I'm getting ready to leave, this lady pulls up in a truck, gets up, not that that matters, but she pulls up in a truck, gets out, goes in, comes back out, and she's like, hey, what do you got? You know, can I have this? Can I have this? Can I have that? She wants to buy the whole thing. She's like, I'll give you 100 bucks for the whole thing. I'm like, well, I mean, it's a fundraiser. We're thinking 100 bucks for a cookie, you know? <laughs> Just like, what do you mean for the whole thing? We didn't actually think 100 bucks for a cookie. But you don't give away all the stuff for a fundraiser in the first half hour. You're trying to make, you know, the goodwill of the people. These are some good cookies and stuff. And so she's like, well, what can I get for this? What can I give for this? Like, listen, whatever you want to give, uh, we will make you whatever you want for that. And, uh, and she's like, oh, I got gotcha. you. And it hit her. Oh, yeah, this is a fun. You're not just trying to get rid of this stuff. And so she gave 100 bucks and took a little tray of things, got to her truck, thought, like, went through a couple things, came back up, said, hey, here's another $100, and, and, you know, what's your name, what's your name, what's your, hey, how's it, praying for you, praying for you, just a really neat thing, 200 bucks for a little tray of cookies, that's pretty good. I'm on my way to church to pick up the, the tables, and Kendall calls, and she's like, dad, that lady just came back and said she needs two more cookies, she wanted to buy two more of those cookies, so I gave her two cookies, and she gave me a check for 1000 bucks. I'm like, 100, that's 500 bucks a cookie. That's a pretty sweet cookie right there, you know? I tell Tammy, you know, I show up here, I'm like, Tammy, she's like, well, that's funny. I need that recipe. We're going <laughs> to, I'm going to retire. I'm just going to make those cookies all the time. If John won't eat them all. That was a bold move, wasn't it? It was bold on her. It was bold their part to set up, to trust, to say, I don't know if anybody will give us anything and a fundraiser for Honduras. I don't know if anybody cares about a fundraiser for Honduras. Well, you all did, and you gave graciously, and you did over and over again. What's significant about this, I don't even know this lady. It turns out Sean does have a nice relationship with several at GAMS, and she's just a neat lady. But the, but, but the boldness of this, the, just the power of that moment to live a daily life, she had no clue. She didn't save up. She wasn't going, man, one of these days I got this wad of cash in my pocket and I'm going to, I'm nowhere that not. Nah, she, that's just who she is. She, she lives a bold life, boldly serving, loving. And when you see something, you do something, you give. And it was the most natural thing for her to talk about it, share about it, have hope in what was going on there with us. So, so Paul's saying, pray for me that I will be bold. Pray for me that when I'm moving and living and doing my daily stuff, I don't get sucked into this world of hopelessness and drudgery. It's so mundane. What's tomorrow going to be? I don't know what tomorrow's going to be. I hate my job. I don't like what I do. I don't like the people I work with. I hate the people in this world. I wish Jesus would come back and take the good ones to heaven and send everyone else to hell. <laughs> Please hurry. Because that's kind of how it comes across in Christianity over the last several thousand years. But Paul says, I want to be bold, and I want to be a right bold. But then, in Acts, 
there's a weird conversation that happens that really needs to settle on us a bit. A couple of verses here. Hang with me. They, they heal. They're in trouble. They get dragged before the rulers. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this. You are all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, by whom God raised from the dead, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Peter has a couple of these moments, doesn't he? Oh, you want to ask me what to do here? Well, you killed Jesus, and he's the savior of the world, so you better do something about it. It's by him, by the way. The stone you builders, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given by, to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, the boldness, translate the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled ordinary men they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus their boldness their confidence in doing a right thing to, that's just so bold don't you love bold people I mean right bold people don't you love them Jeez, they're so bold they've been with Jesus I wonder what Jesus would do for me but since they could see the man had, who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could do. It's like, he couldn't walk, now he can walk. What are we supposed to do about this? So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men? They ask. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign, and we can't deny it. Can you imagine that? They're like, they've got to stop. What they're doing honors God. What they're doing builds faith in God. We need to stop them from doing this. And so they go back out then, okay. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone about Jesus. Don't talk about him anymore. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. And Peter and John replied, okay, I don't want you to beat me anymore. Okay, I don't want you to say mean stuff to me anymore. Okay, I don't want to be left out of your friend group anymore. Okay, I, I don't want to be called when you're gossiping anymore. Okay, 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 okay. Now, Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them. This is so cool. Because of all the people, because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. So there's a 40-year-old man healed of leprosy. They're trying to confront them. You stop healing people. You stop serving Jesus. You stop promoting Jesus. You stop. And, and, so weird. It's so, and, and they boldly, the, the comment is they, they constantly, when they saw their boldness, they saw their courage, they saw their boldness, they saw their faith. And so they, the, 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 the call of this thing, okay, the, it, it, it's, it's a call to boldness. You see, see John being bold. But John, it was costly for him. It's costly for Peter and John. It's costly for these guys when they serve this way. The risk for John's boldness is costly. Did you know 
that there's a, there's a passage in John 15 written not for, to us, but for us. Like when you read John 15, you read John 15, you're like, man, John was really writing some awesome stuff to, to them. But for me, because the Holy Spirit got it to me. And here's what he says. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I've learned from the Father I've made known to you. You have opportunity to know everything spoken in heaven. I have opportunity to know everything that Jesus and God confer about. I have opportunity in the word to know all the business of heaven. I have the opportunity to be so swooned by Jesus that I would speak and be bold like John. Not only the opportunity, but the call is on my life. There is no excuse. There is no out. There's no living for me while I use Jesus' name. It is living for Jesus and proclaiming his honor, his majesty. So he, so he says this, everything I've learned from the Father I've made known to you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. You, like the John the Baptist was chosen, you didn't come going, I need Jesus. Jesus has been after you for a long time. He's been chasing you for a long time. And I appointed you to bear fruit or so that you might bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. What's the call in my life? The call in my life is the same kind of call that was on John the Baptist's life. To tell this story, to honor God with the way that I am bold in every day life supporting loving encouraging yet calling out at times doing whatever would be necessary we're always calling people to repent right that's man that's just going to end up being really bad you need to stop that (laughs) that's going to be really bad you need to quit that we need to go another way let me tell you about god's way there's hope in that way but you need to know this you need to know this then in Matthew chapter 5, there is a passage that Jesus reminds us if we live this way, it probably will be a problem for us with people, especially, especially those who should be living this already. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven because of right living, because of a bold way that they're living. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Who persecuted the prophets? The people of God. Who, Who persecutes those who stand out righteously? Well, the world will be really hard on you. But look around. Sometimes we're pretty hard when someone wants to stand out. And I would say stand out anyway. Because you can begin to permeate even those who mock you, even those who are like, why are you doing that? Even those who are like, well, I just need to say this. I'm not really gossiping. I'm just telling you so you know, so you can pray for them. Of course you are. All of those things that we say, right? Be the one who does it differently. Be the one who stands out. Be the one who in everyday life lives a bold, righteous life. That's the call God's given us. And we could go through the details, but you really already know. You can make a better list right now. If Jacob's up there going, I'll bust up a PowerPoint presentation while you call him out. He'd have it up in five minutes, and we'd have 50 of these. Here's how I need to live. 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 If you're here today and struggling in any way with being this John the Baptist kind of bold for Jesus, 
just that your life actually counts and matters for Jesus, I mean, that would be so different, right? Just imagine that every day your life counts and matters for Jesus. And it's his anyway because you gave your life to him. If you're struggling with that, you can come forward. One of the elders will come with you. You know how this goes. You come up here, they pray for you and encourage you. If you're not a son or daughter of God today, this thing that John is talking about, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. <laughs> Repent and believe this good news that Jesus died so you would have eternal life. And you can get on that. They'll, they'll, in, they'll immerse you into Jesus today. This can be your story. If you're online and you need help in any way, you can call them or Tim or I. But whatever you desire, why don't you come as we stand and sing. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. Singing on the corals, he's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me.
Good morning. It's really a nice, bright, sunny day. I'm glad you're all here and uh, appreciate your being here. Appreciate the fellows that participated in the worship and, and uh, I hope you, you were benefited by all of that. A couple things in the bulletin I wanted to highlight. In fact, there's several things. First of all, on the uh, sick list, the prayer request, um, we ask you all to remember Clyde Ball. Uh, you all know Clyde, uh, a good, uh, humble man. And Clyde's over at Best Care recuperating from uh, hip surgery, and he's very anxious to go home, as you can imagine. And uh, so I don't know, it, sometimes it's difficult to make a personal call there, uh, because he sleeps and so forth. Anyway, cards would be very appropriate. If you send a card to Clyde, he'd appreciate that. I think, I think he and I are about, to, about the same age, and I can uh, attest to the fact that recovering from these things is not as easy as it used to be. So keep Clyde in your prayers. Also, an update on uh, Ruth McLeese. She had a medical procedure done at... Uh, OSU, and but now she's at Hillview recuperating also. Um, and Sharon Gamp this past week had a pacemaker installed. And talking to Mike this morning, I, I asked him if he could turn that thing up and down. And he said you could, but they didn't give him the controls. <laughs> so we want to remember Sharon. She's not here today, but some of the events uh, listed there that are coming up, the, uh, well, one update on the cancer support group that PJ and uh, Jamie uh, uh, Shy has been handling that. They're going on a, a brief recess until the first Monday in September so that they won't meet again until the first Monday in September. The uh, Red Cross Drive will be this Tuesday, day after tomorrow. If you want to participate in that, the instructions are there in the bulletin. And keep in mind our noble uh, family farm day <coughs> is September 10th, and that's less than a month from now. So uh, be thinking about people you can invite, come out and have a good day, a good day of fellowship. Uh, we want to mention all the people that participated in the, in the county fair as a, as a civic project. That's a good thing to do. If you haven't noticed, this morning in, in the video before services started, there were videos of the, the updates and the remodeling that's done over in the fellowship hall. So if you haven't seen it, before you leave, take a Take a peek over there. We have a new floor and new paint, and we want to thank the, uh, the deacons for taking on that project. Uh, if there's nothing else, would you stand with me now, and we'll be dismissed. Father in heaven, we thank you for this service this morning. Thank you that we could be here. Uh, thank, you we, thank you that we could participate and worship you in spirit and in truth. 
thank you for the beautiful day you've provided us. We ask you to, as we leave here, to go with us and to keep us uh, humble in your service. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.